You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. The final installment of our This Audacious Life series, and we're talking about being seriously fun. Seriously fun. I, uh, I believe the house of God should be a house of fun because it is a house of joy. The fun police want to arrest the spirit of enthusiasm, but the last time I checked, Jesus took the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I'm just gonna praise him. I'm just going to prison. Not a chance. Shackles off so I can lift my hands. I'm just going to praise him. Just going to praise him. No, last time I sang, it went viral in a bad way. Turn to your neighbor and say, seriously fun. Seriously fun. The Bible says this in Proverbs 17, verse 22. Great verse says this. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up. The bones, the Passion Translation says it like this. It's beautiful. A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Turn to your neighbor and say, seriously, fun, one last time. I want you to think, have you ever had a moment where you've forgotten to have Fun. I think for all of us, we have those moments, don't we, where we forget the importance, the life that fun can bring, the weight and responsibilities of life. Change our perspective so we're focusing on the seriousness of things and not in the fun with the family. Perhaps we relegate fun to two weeks of the year when we go on holiday, but forget to have fun the other 54 weeks or so across the rest of the year. We all understand fun as kids, but somewhere along the way, we graduate the university of fun And life becomes all about entering the real world as adults. And for some reason, we make everything serious all of the time. This actually is many people's impression of church. That church is dull, boring, lifeless, empty. That you leave feeling worse than when you came in. And I want to tell you today, we are Jesus' chief marketing strategy for a life lived in God, but somewhere along the way, we have made it dull and boring and entered into a state of reverence where church is heavy. And the danger for us as Christians in 2023 is that if we aren't intentional about being seriously fun, then the seriousness of life will take over and we'll exist with a spirit of despair instead of a spirit of joy. Philippians 1.25, Paul writes this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. I don't know about you, but the church I see is alive, vibrant, contagious, excited, full of enthusiasm, where you come into the house of God and you leave feeling better than when you came in said already before, the church should be a house of fun because it is a house of joy. And I want to suggest four things, 
four things in. I normally preach three, three points, four things. Are you ready this morning? Four things we can all do to experience a life that is seriously fun. Are you ready? The first one is this, take notes. Maximize moments. Maximize moments. Before Zana was born, we used to be able to just leave the house. We used to just put our shoes on, grab the key, walk out the door, get in the car, and go wherever we wanted, whenever we wanted. But now we need a 45-minute lead time to leave the house. This morning, we dressed her in a beautiful dress. She's walked to church a couple of times, but she always has a punami in the dress and it goes in the wash. And we said to her this morning, we said, love, like today is the day you're gonna wear this beautiful dress to church and you're gonna wear it the whole day and you're not gonna soil it in Jesus' name. <laughs> and we're sitting getting ready and all we hear is <laughs> And so we change her and she's no longer wearing the dress that we addressed her in this morning. Took us an extra 15 minutes to clean that up this morning, didn't it, Lizandre? We used to be able to just leave the house. And when we used to be able to just leave the house, we one time went and seen the new James Bond movie. In fact, I wanted to see it. I was desperate. I was like, yes, spies, MI6, James Bond, we've got to go and see it. But Lizandri was like, it's three hours long. There is no way we're going to watch this movie for three hours. And I begged, I pleaded. I said, please, let's go see this movie. We'll watch a rom-com after, I promise. So she said, yes, we get to the movies. And two hours in, I fall asleep. <laughs> All of that to fall asleep. But when we got to the movies, we walked into the cinema and we noticed this couple in the second row. He was wearing a tuxedo to the cinema and she was dressed up in a beautiful, sparkly, elegant dress. We had dressed down to go to the cinema. We were in shorts, or not shorts, we were in sweats and t-shirts and we were just lounging. They had showed up to the cinema because it's James Bond, tuxedos, suit and tie, dresses, totally maximizing the moment. And the Bible says this in Psalms 4, verse 7 says, You, God, have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. What does that mean? God has given us greater joy. That means the joy today that you and I have access to is greater than that of the joy of a great payday. It's greater than the satisfaction of a job well done. It's immeasurably more than those who in the natural have the most success. God has given us joy that expresses itself in an emotion, but it in itself is a spirit of joy. Galatians 5.22 unpacks it like this, says, the Holy Spirit, catch this, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So the joy that we experience is expressed in an emotion, but it comes from a spirit. Now, what does that mean? That means you don't have to wait till your ducks are all in a row to experience joy. You don't have to wait until you get the right bank balance in your account to experience joy. That means you don't need to be in the right position at the right time to experience joy. That means you don't have to have everything in your life and your family sorted, ticked off, everybody's healthy and well to experience joy because the joy that God has given us is a Holy Spirit impartation of joy that we can live out and experience. 
experience. So today, church, don't wait for a moment to tell you to be joyful. Make a decision that I am joyful because of the Holy Spirit that lives in me. Maximize the moment. What is it in your world this week that you can maximize to experience joy? What can you do around the dinner table with the kids that's a little bit out there, unusual, new to experience a new level of joy? Because joy isn't the situation, joy is who you are. What could you do in the workplace with colleagues this week where you come in on a Monday and everybody's sad that they're back to work? What can you do to experience joy and maximize the moment? I remember the team, one random Tuesday, I came into work in March and it was St. Patrick's Day and my upstairs office was covered in green and balloons and my photo was superimposed on a leprechaun. I walked in and was like, wow, talk about maximizing the moment. Don't wait for life to catch up, but choose to be joyful. The second thing we've got to do to live a life that's seriously fun is to make it a priority. Note that down, make it a priority. Lysandra and I, in our monthly budget, we've got a budget line called the Fun Fund. We love the Fun Fund. The Fun Fund is a small pot of money where every month we intentionally spend on having fun. We've done it since we got married. And it's a guilt-free way to spend and have fun without sacrificing the other things that we have made priorities in our budget. And at the end of the month, when the Fun Fund is really low, what we'll do is we'll maybe grab a coffee each, we'll go sit by the river and we'll people watch. And I say that in church, it's a bit creepy, isn't it? We'll people watch. We'll come up with stories of what people do for work, what their life is like. We'll just have fun. And because some of you are ruling yourself out from being seriously fun because you think it's financial. It's not at all. It's about a spirit and about being creative. Maybe what it looks like for you the fun fund in your world right now is simply to go somewhere new, a waterfall nearby, a walk by the river that you've not been to before, getting a football with the kids and going to the park and having a kick around with the football. That's how we make it a priority without it being a financial burden. Solomon says this in Ecclesiastes 8 verse 15. This is King Solomon, catch this. So I recommend having fun. Because there is nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all of the hard work that God has given them under the sun. Solomon writing in Ecclesiastes, King Solomon, let me tell you, at the end of First Chronicles, Solomon has got an assignment from his father, David. David instructs him that he is to build the temple of God. In fact, David has spent the last years of his life collating the timber, the gold, the artifacts, all of the things needed to set Solomon up well to build the temple of God. That is an assignment and a half, isn't it? That you would be the person to build the temple to house the presence of God. How easy would it have been for Solomon to be fixated all of his life on hard work, on productivity, on we must get this done, on we must achieve, we must get to a certain status in life. But Solomon here is writing in Ecclesiastes, I recommend having fun. He had more than enough work to do, but fun for him was a priority. He made it a priority. And you've heard this before, all work and no play makes who? Jack a dull boy. Sorry if your name is Jack. 
in this place. Can you see what we're getting at here and making it a priority? Lysandra and I, we've started a marriage course. We're not running it, we're attending it as just a way of doing an MOT on our marriage. We started last Monday night, first session. Um, they were talking about date night. For those of you that are married in this place, date night. They talked about making it a priority and protecting it and not changing it without consulting the other. Now, for you, date night might look like a morning coffee before work. It might look like it's time on a Saturday. It might look like a movie when the kids have gone to bed. I want to encourage you, in the midst of the seriousness of life, where we're told in all of the TED Talks to be productive, to achieve, to strive for success, I want to encourage you that if you're good in your marriage, then it will all be good. That's our family motto. If we're good, then it's all good. So I encourage you today, make having fun in your marriage and in your family a priority. Be seriously fun and make it a priority. The third thing we've all got to do is to invest in relationship. Invest in relationship. Look around this room, we've 250 odd people in this place. There's somebody in this room that you can make a decision today to invest in the relationship. Growing up, I had a group of friends and we all became Christians around the same time. There was five of us. We done so much different things together. We've got lifelong memories. They're a great group of lads serving God all across the world right now. And I was the oldest in the group, which meant that when I turned 17, I was able to start learning to drive first. Now I passed my driving test. I got a car. It was a Hyundai Amica. The bumper was a different color to the rest of the car. That's what I was rolling in for my first car. Cruising into school like Matt was on stage earlier in my Hyundai with the rave beats blasting. It was very embarrassing and I'm glad none of you got to see that and we've got no photos to prove it either. But uh, my friends made me this promise that if I drove them everywhere to all of our youth events and socials, they would pay me back because when they passed their driving test, they would chauffeur me around. I said, that sounds like a fair deal. You know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. But fast forward a year later, when they passed their driving test, got their own cars, did those bandits pay me back? They did not. We've got tons of memories together. In 2013, I went on my own to Malawi. We got to do, me and some missionaries, crusades and street outreach. And it was unbelievable. Six weeks near Mount Melange, serving, uh, investing in an orphanage, hanging out at a school, teaching, amazing memories. But because I went on my own, I've got nobody to share and talk about the memories with. Ecclesiastes says it like this in chapter four, verse nine. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other when they succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Charles Swindle says it like this, an author, he says, I cannot imagine where I would be today if it weren't for the handful of friends who have given me a heart full of joy. Let's face it, friends make life a lot more fun. Fun, church, is best experienced within the paradigms of relationship. 
Ecclesiastes, Solomon is warning us against isolation and what happens when we're on our own. Not only are we a target for the enemy to come after, but when we trip, when we're unsure, when we need advice, when we need coaching and wisdom support, when we're in the valleys, we've nobody that's with us and we're on the mountaintops, we've got nobody to celebrate the successes with. I want to encourage you today to make a conscious choice to invest in relationship. Jesus had 12 best mates that he hung out with for three years. If Jesus needed 12 mates, let me tell you, we need friends in our house. Do you remember back in lockdown days where we used the language of when this is all over, I'm going to do X. I'm going to go there. I'm going to get my mates and go and do this. Let me tell you today, church, it's about time we got a handful of friends, went and invested in relationships, made memories, and had fun together. Pastor Lee, you tell me, I've come all the way to church today for you to tell me to have fun. Absolutely, because if you're fun, you'll live lighter, freer, full of joy. You'll be a better person to be around, and you'll enjoy this gift of life. 85, 90 years if we're blessed on the planet. Let's enjoy each and every day as a gift from God, not alone, but in relationship with one another. That means today, if you feel isolated or on your own, I wanna encourage you, get involved in small groups in the life of church. Get around a group of people who see you, who can walk with you, who can journey with you. Maybe you're not on team today, Head to the sign-up area and sign up to our team. Get around a group of individuals who'll walk with you, who'll lift you up, who'll strengthen you. Maybe you come to church late and you leave early. I wanna challenge you. Stick around, grab a brew, buy somebody a brew in the queue, invest in relationship because you don't know your best friend could be on the other side of this auditorium and all it takes is a conscious choice for each and every one of us to invest in relationship. The last thing, everybody say last thing. The last thing we've all got to do in order to live seriously fun is to lighten up. Lighten up. Oh, give me a smile. Show me the Bobby Dazzlers. Come on. Oh, it's too bright. The teeth are so white. Turn to your neighbor and say lighten up. Here's what the Bible says. Matthew 5, verse 14. I love it. Jesus speaking. So when Jesus speaks, we listen up. He says, you... This is to you, audacious church, are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everything in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all those to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Listen, if we're gonna live seriously fun, We've got to get over ourselves and stop taking everything so seriously. Stop caring what everybody else thinks and lighten up. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, a couple of chapters later, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to suggest today, if we can lighten up, then we'll brighten up. If we can lighten up in our worlds, in ourselves and in our spirit, we'll brighten up the workplace, we'll brighten up our family, we'll brighten up the city, we'll brighten up everywhere we step our feet. 
Because I think the world has got us into a state of seriousness. All it takes is one click onto a news channel. Of course, life is serious. We go through lots of different stages, valleys, mountaintops, everything in between. But some of the most joyful people I've ever met in my life are people who are going through the trench but are continually coming to the foot of Jesus to experience his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Experiencing the joy that Jesus gives, experiencing the freedom that Jesus gives. Today, church, if you can lighten up, then you'll brighten up. Band, help me out here. Psalm says this in 51 verse 12, writes, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. If we can lighten up, we'll brighten up. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Oh, come on, we've been saved. We've been set free. We've been chosen, anointed, appointed, graced, loved, cared for. God has came from heaven to earth in the form of Jesus so we could live light and live set free. Thank you for listening to this audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 